podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Pod 288, sponsored by Vector. Printing for all your print and embroidery needs. Visit vector.co.uk. And that's Vector with a... K. I reckon it's with a K, mate. Wow, this is this is new. It's this is new, new territory, isn't it? Isn't it? I can I'm only, enjoying this. I can only apologise to Vector for that. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sure Vector are used to it. And JCNA Associates. Visit jcassociateslondon.com. Also, apparently, Ad, would you put your mortgage on AWB making a sly tackle? Hundred <laughs> percent. I will. He, he does like a slide tackle. Yeah, you'll well, be right. Apparently, you can get everything you need for every aspect of mortgage advice from Eternity Home Finance, a Croydon-based family-run company providing a free consultation on anything such as first-time buyers buying a new home, debt consolidation, building a buy-to-let portfolio, and retirement mortgages. Visit www.eternityhomefinance.com or ring. 0330-133-0709. In case you didn't get that, and I'm sure if you want to get a piece of pen, a pen, piece, a piece of, pen. of paper, uh, 0330-133-0709. And that is the end of the pod. Wow, brilliant. <laughs> I think you've got a new career. <laughs> give up, time to give up teaching and do uh, voiceovers. So if you don't recognise my voice, that's good. Um, it's not Jim Daly today. He's having a break. It's Tom Maslona. If you don't like what I do, don't worry about it. I won't be back next week. If you do, <laughs> if you do, unlucky Jim will be back. And we are with <laughs> James Endicott. Hello, Hello, James. Hello, how are you doing, Tom? Nice to meet you. Yeah, we've been nice chatting for an hour. Why are you doing that? Pretending. And Adam Sells. How are you doing? Good to see you. So <laughs> he's so enthusiastic in his cells. Come on, mate! I'm always enthusiastic. I know you are. He's you're always late. <laughs> always, he's always late. I'm not. I'm not. Have I been late once? Uh, uh, Never. Uh, <laughs> We're going to start with Arsenal. Oh, really, uh, James? Yes. I'm going to go to you. Okay. One of the best results we've ever had since since coming back up to the Prem. One of them, definitely. Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, you you're playing playing one of the. The famous top six, aren't you, at their ground? You know, and you know, having having beaten Man City already away this season, you're thinking that was that was the one this season. There's, you know, there's there's usually one of those games every season where something unexpected happens, and um, and Arsenal are they're a good team. They're at home, you know, but I think going into the game, there's always that chance that we could get something out of it because they've got such a porous defence, you know, and they've got. You know, I mean, I know a lot of Arsenal fans who moan about Mustafi saying he's the worst defender, not only that they've ever had, but has ever graced the Premier League. A little bit harsh, but no, it was great. And yes, it is. It's one of the the great results. You know, I don't think it matches up to Istanbul. It probably doesn't match up to even when we smashed them at home a couple of years ago. Because um, you know, and and even the Man City away this season. But of course, it, it's definitely up there. And it's you know, of course, it's always great to beat one of your supposed rivals, and uh, to beat them on their home turf is fantastic. And you know, and um, Ian, Ian Wright should be wearing red and blue, not red and white. To be fair to him, he came out on Twitter and, and praised the boys for their performance. Of course he but, did. What else is he going to do? Well, <laughs> ignore it. He could have ignored it, yeah. In this schizophrenic season, Ed, yeah. one of the better moments. Yeah, I was uh, thinking, have we actually... You, you all know this. You're like, you like a stat as well. The, uh, not like you, mate. Um, have, we done, have we been unbeaten 
against one of the top clubs uh, in the same season so far since we've been back. Well, I mean, we've taken two wins or a win and a draw. Yeah. Have we? Did, did we? Did have we, we done the them? year we beat them? We met Yednak scored that free kick. Yeah, we think we. Yeah, we did. We beat them yeah. home. We did the double. Yeah, you're right. But Arsenal. I think the last time we've done that to Arsenal was 1979-80. I was a nine-year-old boy. We beat them at Selhurst. Um, Peter Nicholas had a shot that uh, Dave Swindlehurst deflected past Pat Jennings. What memory that oh, is! Yeah, yeah, wow. And then, um, and then we drew one all at Highbury that season. But I think I don't think we've had a season ever with Arsenal since where we've been not beaten by them. Uh, one way or another, or, yeah. yeah. I mean, we've had a few moments. We, we could have uh, downed the Invincibles that time when uh, yeah. Vasilis Lakis spooned that one over the bar from about three yards well, out. They weren't, well, they'd lost at United the week Had before they? that. Is yeah. it, was it that? I thought yeah. that was the week no, after. No, no. Oh, maybe you've got good knowledge. Um, what I thought about was brilliant. Is, you know, I, would, I mentioned like their poorest defence and not being... Not, I mean, but this is a team who are trying to get in the Champions League, you mm. know, and they're, they're, they're a good team. They are a good team, but we never looked out of sorts, really. And it just it, it proves, you know, this this up and down season that you mentioned. It's you know it has been up and down, but we can do it. We can do it. We have the players to do it. And it was you know it was it was very exciting to watch. So so here's the spin, because you mentioned Mustafi, and mm. I teach in Hackney, so a lot of Arsenal um, right. oh, fans over so there. had a good day then. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, they're saying you know it's one of the worst performances they put in. Um, I, this I, season, I would say to you, Tom, that I thought as good as we were, you know, we'd have been very disappointed to concede the three goals that they did. You know, uh, Jenkinson playing everyone onside for the mm. first free header for Ben Teke, Mustafi trying to usher that back to uh, Leno. It was never going to make it, which was suicidal. And then I don't know what he was doing with MacArthur when he just came yeah. out, <laughs> ran past him. <laughs> yeah. So much as it's great to win. I think it's certain element of it owed uh, a decent amount of uh, generosity to uh, on the part of uh, uh, Mustafi, but, uh, but I mean that. But that is part of being in a good team is where you can you can capitalise on the other team's mistakes and the other team's weaknesses, which is exactly what we did. Well, the, the goals dictate how everybody sees the game ultimately. But in fairness, I said on Sunday it wasn't a smashing grab. Although they had a lot of possession, they didn't harm us too much with no. the possession. And on, statistically, we had more shots and more shots on target. So it wasn't like the City game where we were sort of backs against the wall, three shots on yeah. target, boom, 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 great win. You know, I think you know we we we, were, we had certainly more of an attacking threat than we've had in a lot of the games. Uh, against the big sides, but I think, you know, as Tom's alluded to there, that a lot of that was Arsenal's frailty. I don't yeah. think Manchester City or Tottenham. I, I you know I heard a few people saying after the game, you know, why didn't we approach Tottenham and Man City like that? Well, it isn't only about Crystal Palace; it's about the opposition as well, and what they're going to do or allow you to do. Yeah. So it, it actually shows you, you know, Arsenal tried to make some changes because yeah. of their Europa League games, and similar to us, there's not many squads in the league that can actually rotate and and carry the same kind of effect and the same quality in their in their lineups. Yeah, yeah, m- maybe they thought this was not a game that they would definitely win, but they also went in there with a little, maybe slightly overconfident, which is why they made so many changes, you know, because, you know, it's as important for them to get in the top four as it is to progress in the Europa yeah. League, you know, obviously. Um, for, for them, if, if they don't get in the top four, it's not been a good season mm. for Arsenal. So 
making those those changes that they did maybe was not maybe a little bit of arrogance maybe you know but you know and but all all shout out to the the palace boys and to roy we went in there and took it it was there and we took it thank you very much three points got a couple of questions on on that game which i'll come to add this is to you apparently it's already been discussed on the the pod extra free the pod um, free the pod yeah yes. free the pod you'd have heard it if you'd listened to it but um martin patrick says that um wonders what your view is of the Ozil goal on Sunday. Um, feels that uh, Guaita had gone down a little bit early for, for that goal, similar to um, the way he did to Sterling's against Man City. What are your views on that? Is that a weakness going forward? Mm, I agree. I, I said so at the time. Obviously, Ozil is a very clever finisher as well. So, you know, he may have given him the eyes and then done done what he did. But... I think the goal with Sterling the week before, I think both times he's anticipated a low finish and he's gone down. And that shows you the sort of quality of the players that he's up against. But I think he he should do better or make it more difficult, um, like the City goal, for, for, for them to score. You know, if he beats him all ends up, that's not a problem. You know, you take that. I think perhaps he can look at it and say he should present more of a barrier. It's interesting because the technical side of goalkeeping is changing quite a lot in terms of there seems to be a lot more emphasis, certainly with the FA and the way they're coaching with foot saves and barriers and things like that. Gaia does that yeah, definitely. and that's very Spanish and that's seen Rainer used to do it. But see, for me... The reason they do it, Tom, is that if the if the fellas one on one with them and they go in head and hands, which would be the traditional way, they now think the players are so clever they dink it over them. But I've got to say, on the other side of it, if you produce this sort of gate barrier, whatever you want to call it, and you don't get close enough and they slap it past you, then it looks like you've made a very little difference <laughs> yeah. to uh, to protecting the goal, and that. And that, for me, with Rayner, when he used to do it, was one of the things that I found, you know, that as good a distributor as he was, he wasn't particularly great at stopping the ball going past him. And as I've said many times, for me, it's still the first and most important thing because that's where the points are won and lost. Generally, though, I mean, we're being slightly critical, James, mm. I think his presence and his handling, balls don't tend to bounce off him and, you know, as as they have done in the past with other keepers. No, absolutely, and, yeah. And also he made that great save towards the end of the second half as well, which pretty much kept us in the game. He did, yeah. Um yeah, you know, he's he's got his eccentric qualities. You know, he's always like the way when he gets the ball and sort of runs around the area for like two, like what seems like two minutes, like a crazed child wanting to pass it to somebody. But you know, I, I there's there's a confidence there. There's also an an unpredictability about about him which um it's hard to take but i guess that's just that's just the way keepers are becoming i think there's you know you're saying that the, the whole technical side of them has changed i think they're changing as characters mm. goalkeepers they're becoming more of a character really and i think he fits into that mold but you know i'd like to see a little bit more chime between him and the, de- the, the the defense there seems to be a bit of a lack of that sometimes but you know what we won the game you know we got more at the other end than we let in so he's obviously doing his job right somewhere one of the reasons we got more up, um, we got more goals was Benteke. And mm. uh, we've had a question from Luke Tyrrell. Hi, Luke. Hi, Luke. He said, great to see Tekas start. Tekas? <laughs> I can only assume this is Benteke. <laughs> and get the goal and assist his performance deserved. 
do the pod team think this is finally going to give him the confidence he needs to push on and finish the season strongly? And then I've added to that, you know, he's been at the club for a number of years now. How do we get the best out of him? Um, I, I thought, and I'd said on here a couple of times this season, that I feel that Benteke needs a partner when he plays up front. I don't think he's particularly... He hasn't got all the qualities required by a centre-forward. You know, in terms of the most complete centre-forward, in terms of attributes, Connor Wickham is probably the one that has most of it in terms of running behind the physical presence and so on. But he's never really been fit, so we've not seen too much of that. Christian, aerially, I think he's as dominant or as good as anybody in the Premier League. But I think in order for him to be effective, I think he needs a player alongside him. I mean, it was Wilf on on Sunday, and both were very effective. Uh, Benteke gives you the out ball when you're under pressure. He can hold it up and, and buy you a, a few seconds and a little breather and while everyone gets up the park. Uh, Zaha, Wilfred, the other way, could take it into feet and wriggle around, and, you know, he was incredible. And I, I've sort of thought about Batshuayi and Benteke but Roy's not ever played a sort of traditional 4-4-2 with two orthodox wide players. And I can understand, you know, much as part of me wants to see that, I don't know whether we would be too exposed defensively with those four forwards and whether we would be good enough to stop the opposition in the way that we have. And, you know, effectively, defensively, we've been very, very good. And again, that gives us a platform to win games. As you, we were together last year at the Emirates, mm. we we're 4-0 down after mm. the first quarter of the game and game's dead and buried before you have a chance to be in it. So, you know, I, I think we must always remember the play. We're the only, there's only three teams, the top three, City, Liverpool and Tottenham that haven't been beaten by greater than a two-goal margin in Crystal Palace this year. So I think that's credit to Roy's organisation and uh, the defensive stability that he's created. Sticking with the forwards, though, James, mm. it's interesting whether Hodgson's made a conscious decision to stick with Benteke because he's a Palace player and yeah. Batshuayi's potentially going to go back to Chelsea. Yeah. For me, personally, I'm not sure Batshuayi's fulfilled the potential that... He showed potential, you know, in, in the first time we saw him. But then again, the I don't. I don't think Benteke has fulfilled his potential no. at Palace either. But I, I think just, I wonder whether Batshuayi can play as a focal point up on his own. I think he struggled mm. um, I think to that's that a effect. Good point. That's a and, good point. And you wonder whether Hodgson's just thought these are the cards I've got going forward, so I'm going to give Benteke a run. I think. I think you're right. I think the thing with Benteke and Salzi mentioned it. It's just you know he can. He just gets it down and holds it. And he's got Andros on one side, he's got Wilf on the other side, who are both like motors down those wings. And he can lay it off. I think with Batshuayi, he's more of a central player. I don't know, I just think it works better. I just think it's like it's the age-old thing about Benteke, we've said it, it's, just, it's that confidence thing. You know, We all know he's a great player. We've seen it in the past. We know he's a great player. And he can do it. He's just got to do it on a regular basis. Unfortunately, in answer to the question, is he going to finish strongly before the end of the season? There's only like three more games mm-hmm. left, unfortunately. I, I wish this had happened in January. Yeah. You know, so he'd have that time because whatever happens, he's, you know, he's got three more games and in at least one of those games, he may not have 
a great game. So, you know, I just, you know, he's such a great player and, and there's so much love for him at the club and the players seem to really love him and mm. give him a lot of respect and, and the crowd especially have never really turned against Benteke. No. Even that mess up last year with the, the penalty. penalty. Yeah. You know, nobody really got on his back about that. And, um, and I think he, he, he wants to repay that back to the club and to the fans and to everybody. And, you know, it's a shame there's only three games left the rest of the season, but hopefully he does finish strongly. You know, fingers fingers crossed, touched, whatever. But our next question is from Carl MSX. Ooh. Now, Hello, Carl. he wants to talk about Van Arnholt, but I was hmm. just thinking to myself... Who? <laughs> I was just thinking to myself... Six oh, weeks, that guy. Six weeks ago, we were talking about the best defence we've had potentially ever. Yeah. Uh, AWB... Sacco and Tompkins and then Patrick Van Arnholt on the left. You wouldn't have put money on going to Arsenal um, with Joe Ward on the left, um, <laughs> Kelly and Dan in the middle and AWB on the right and getting a win. Dan looked better to me. Um, but I was interested in adding what you thought about Ward on the left. Because well, we, cu- were, cu- we cu- were stronger. A couple of things there. Scott Dan, I think, had been written off by a few people a little bit too early. You had a bad injury, it can take a while for you to come back. And he's not a young guy anymore, but I think he's done really, really well. And Martin Kelly too. You know, they're two exceptional players that we're missing. And I think both of them have done a really decent job since they've got into the side. Um, Joel Ward on the left, I think Wardy's been an incredible signing for 400 grand, Mr Dependable. But I think it was probably also a real shot across Patrick in the sense that, hang on, we're even replacing you with a right-footed player to play left-back. But Van Arnholt, for me, has been very up and down since he's been at the club. He's had spells where he's been exceptional and spells. I mean, in that first period when Roy was in charge last year, the, the defeats at Man City, Man United, the, the goal home to Chelsea, that back the old coast goal, Bristol City. Yeah. You know, he was quite irresponsible at times with his defending. And I said a couple of weeks ago, and I think therein lies the problem. When he has North on the compass, I think he's very effective. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know that he's got that real appetite to defend that sort of never-say-die, I'm not letting that happen, it's not going to be my man. And he he's cost us a number of goals of uh, you know in recent months. And you know even without Jeffrey Schlupp, Roy's decided to go with Wardy. You know, Pap Soiree obviously would be another option, but... He's not figuring, which suggests, I think his contract's up at the end of the season, that he might not be here beyond the end of the season. But maybe an area now that we have to to go and look at. It's funny because I was thinking about it and wrote an article in um, the fanzine that Roy's a pragmatist. Mm. And, you know, he hasn't just gone for a different type of defender. He's gone for a different type of character. You know, you look at Van Arnholt and he feels, you look at him and you sort of think he's... Impressed by himself, you know. I remember a comment: if he was chocolate, <laughs> if he was chocolate, he'd eat himself. And yeah. I, I get that impression with Van Arnholt. You know, he's, he's very much in love with himself. And um, I mean, you, with, you were, with you Ward, were, you've gone for someone a lot more dependable, a lot more solid. You would need you you need that little bit of arrogance when you're a footballer, but sometimes you don't really need it in a defender. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and um, you know, I think, I think maybe, that arrogance is great when it's going well. Yeah, of course, as as it always is. You know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, which is it's one of the arguments we often have about Wilf, you know, when it's going well, it's fantastic. When that arrogance boils over into just being a stroppy kid, which, you know, Wilf not as much recently, but has been in the past, then, you you know, as a, as a fan, we get frustrated. I think, you know, having, having a dependable left-back who is naturally a right-back, you know, 
may have seemed odd on paper when just before kickoff on Sunday, but it it worked out to be an inspired choice. And you know, against against that forward line against Arsenal, you were you you, you need level-headed people. You need people who are level who, are, who aren't going to get carried away by the occasion being at the Emirates up, up against you know one of the the top teams. And you know, we didn't really. It wasn't a massive thing for us to. If we'd have lost that game, it wasn't like we we're going to go down. You know, let's be honest. Even though we weren't mathematically safe, so I think you know by putting in somebody dependable, um, obviously worked. You know, maybe not the best to to watch and to look at, but it worked. So you know, it worked. So what, what else can you say? Game that suits Joel Ward, maybe one mm. where he can sit in, one where there's not too much yeah. expectation on Correct. him, and he doesn't have to bum forward, so he can hold his position, keep his shape, and and do what he's good at. I think that that would work. You know, I don't know whether it'll work all the time because he's shown on the right hand side on his natural side that he can get forward and score a goal and contribute to fewer season and going back to what you were saying about sort of the changes in the back four with the injuries one of the other advantages that, that that's come about was we've we've now been able to realize again the effectiveness of Scott Dan in the set play situations he won mm. so many headers in their yep. box on Sunday mm. You know, and he normally pops up with half a dozen goals a season, and you can see why because he he does seem to be able to get his head on the end of uh, those deliveries in the box, and you know we looked a real threat from corners with his uh, his aerial dominance in the first half on uh, on Sunday. Moving on a little bit, uh, we've had a couple of questions about the season in general, and I wonder yeah. whether we'll uh, disagree on this. <laughs> Fargo Bob um, has asked whether. Although we've secured our status and managed consistent league position at the time of writing, in reality, does that constitute a successful, if underwhelming, season? And Martin has asked whether this has been a good season for us. And I've maybe just written a note. I've maybe written a note. I have written a note. You can't see it, but I've written a note that says um, it'll be interesting to see away fans' perception of the season compared to the home fans' perception of the season. Because I'm sure, I'm sure then. Well, you get a is it something like we've got almost like double the amount of points away from home than we did at home. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you know, the area where I sit at Selhurst, and I know one or two of them listen to the pod and they won't mind me say this, it's just full of people moaning for 90 minutes. I mean, it's just mm. shocking. I mean, the negativity sometimes you hear when you're walking out, of the, not just people around me, but when you're walking out of the ground. Do you not think that's justified? Um, no. no I, I, yes and no, but it's just, it's it's almost, it's negative before the flipping... Whistles even blown often. Do you not you think know, that's at the, 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 the beginning of a game? It's do like, you not think that's understandable? If it's, you're, because my point is, if you look at the home form this year, it's, hmm. it's been woeful. Really, yeah. four four wins, fourteen goals. Is it something yeah, like that? Fourteen goals. But I think for home supporters and those who don't go away, the the poor home form has not just been a one season thing. It's it's actually been something that's run over four or five seasons. Hmm. So Fortress Sellers is not Fortress No, anymore. absolutely. <laughs> well, I can't remember when it when it last was. Yeah. You know, you, and you, you actually come to the ground with negative expectations and then the football's slow, we struggle to break teams down. So mm. I do understand that, that negative. Yeah, yeah, I, I can understand it, but it's just... You you want to get behind your... You want to get behind your team and, and it's... And it, and it's it's hard sometimes when you're just surrounded by that or there's that feeling of negativity around. But, you know, it's, I'm, I'm not saying everybody's like that. Far from it, you know. But I, I, I just feel like this, it's, my, it's the one, my, one of my bugbearers of, of this season is the way that people are so negative. And I, and I do take on your point, but, you know, a season is not just played at home. OK, you've only got a season ticket for the home games. You don't go to the away games for whatever reason. That's, but it's, 
surely you've got to have a wider view of the season than just what up. I'd, I'd, I'd rather have a season like this than a season maybe the other... I've been terrible at home and away. You know what I mean? It's like, what do you want? What I want is another season. I want the club to progress. We're on 42 points with three games to go. We could, we could, get, not, we could get 50 points this season. Do you know what I mean? Or, or near to 50. Mm. You know, we could end up in the top half. It, it could be a very successful season for us. I, I think it's already been a successful season. But the great thing about it, it can be more successful. There's always room for improvement. Every team can improve. And one of the things we can improve on is our home form. Mm. I don't know how that's going to happen. You know, I don't. I don't. Well, I, if, I, if I had the answer, then I'd let you know. I see it quite simply, really. I, you know, there are many things that are the best they've been, you know, since Roy's been here, I'd said a week or two ago when we were together that, you know, we've had the seventh most attempts on the goal of, of any team in the Premier League for two seasons in a row. And the problem is, for that seventh, as I said, we, we're 15th this season in terms of on target. And our strikers have scored four, five strikers, scored four goals between them. At so if anybody, or, or no, or in general, away. in general, across the season, it's not just home or away, our strikers, Benteke won. Batch wide two, AU one, Sir Lot none, Wickham none. You say that, but you can twist that the other way because Wilf played up front for a yes. majority of the season. Oh, and yes, got nine. But but the the they haven't contributed enough goals to forward players, and and it's been a problem. And and I and I'm not saying to you that I think they're all poor players, by the way, because I don't. But you know, I think that if where people are slightly underwhelmed or disappointed. I think had we had a forward player that was reasonably consistent and had maybe got us 10 goals, I think we'd probably be in the position where I also think, where I think, a lot of people would anticipate us being. I think on that argument, though, you could say, you know, we've scored, what, 10 penalties? Yeah. I mean, you know, you could, most of those are probably made by a forward player. Yes. So, surely, you know... You, it's Wilfred, generally, yeah. isn't so, it? so, you but, know, even though... He, I. I and Andros, He's, of course. They've, both those two have contributed as forward players by the fact they've got us penalties. Yes, the, yes. The, the chance thing is really interesting because what is a chance? You know, you look back to the Grimsby game and, you know, I sat mm. behind the goal that day and mm. Scott Dan and Martin Kelly were dribbling the ball 20 yards again towards the defence that was backing away against the goal and shooting from 30 yards and the ball was bobbling wide. And on paper, that goes down as a chance. Mm. I, I don't come away from Selhurst and, you know, I hear... The Cardiff game, the Burnley game, the Leicester game. You know, I hear that till I'm blue, till my ears are popping. But I don't actually walk away from the ground or walking away from the season think that many chances where I think, oh, we should have scored there. I think the you expected know, think, goals, Tom, says that we, I think we're the, the most or, or second, second most... Uh, what does that even mean, Sam? Well, expected it just goals. means... The, I mean, the, shoot me now. The, it just means the 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 opportunity, the, the level of opportunities that you achieve over the course of a game, and the the regular conversion rate in terms of a percentage from those areas and stuff. It's, and it's, and I, I I you know we haven't scored enough goals essentially, yeah, and yeah. that's it. And we haven't had. And I know you're talking about forward players, Wilfred Townsend. They are forward players, but I'm talking about our main centre forward, and 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 that and those five that I've talked about. Haven't scored I, enough goals for us. For me, I don't think the forwards play is the issue. I think the issue is is the midfield three. I don't think there's enough guile, enough creativity in there. I don't think my my concern would be that in home games where teams 
naturally will come to Sellhurst and, mm. and back off, that they have the passing range to be able to unpick defences. And I think one of the reasons why we've been successful away from home, people talk about our pace on the counter, but actually when you counter, you're up against two, three, four defenders and mm. you have far bigger areas to pass the ball into, so far more margin for error. Uh, for when you're passing it makes us more effective I don't think no, we've got that, the quality I'm not sure midfield. that's right at all because well we just agree, we just disagree no we will but yes. uh, when, when you de- when you defend when teams are defending you at home generally they have more bodies behind the ball that's what I said so away from home it's easier to score in the sense that if you counter there'll said. be less bodies sorry I thought, I, I thought you just said that, that no, there was no, no. more margin for error because of no, the space. no there's more margin for error because of the no. space when you go no. away because there's fewer defenders well, but I think that's if there's fewer defenders, I think there's, it's easier to score a goal. That, that's what I said. That's what you said. We are well, scoring more away from you. Anyway, we're going to have a beer and cool down. Um, that's the end of part one. <laughs> part two. Now, this is a big one. Go it's on. been talked about before. Wilfred Zaha. Simon Palmer. Is Wilf going to be here next season? Can we survive without him? Hold on. Whoa. Andy Leeson. Is it, it's okay to cry when Wilf leaves at summer, right? The real T. Riley. Why has everyone forgotten when Wilf said, my future is at Palace earlier this month? His future is at Palace. He's got three more games. What are you on about? <laughs> <laughs> His immediate future is at Palace. I'm opening it up to the floor. Oh, Sales, you go first. Um... Yeah, I I think we have a very good chance of retaining his services. Because we be priced him out of the market. Well, that's our prerogative, isn't it? What are we supposed to do? Have our belly tickled and give him away cheaply because someone wants to buy him. We're not here to do favours. For okay, the, let me ask you obvious, this question. Yes? Do, you think, do you think Wilf, as an individual, forget Parrish's price tag of him, blah, blah, blah? Do you think Wilf well, it's not just Parrish. Well, I'm asking you, right, do you think on. Wilf, as an individual, you know him would want to leave at this stage of his career? Well, I think if you want to leave, you don't sign five-year contracts. You know, that's that on, you know, a very lucrative five-year contracts. And that means that the cards are stacked in Steve's favour in that respect. And I wouldn't sell him for 100 million or 150 million. I wouldn't. And I don't, I think, I think nobody is going to pay the money. If we're relegated, we lose 100 million pounds. And if we have to give 25% to Manchester United, as is rumoured, it's, it, it makes little sense. And if we ended up with, if we got 75 million and we end up with 50-odd when we've given them their bit or whatever, what, we're going to get two players? Anything near significant Wilf's level? I'm not sure that we will. I think he's irreplaceable for us. And, you know, he's on a very good salary. He's got four years left on his contract. If the opportunity arises and somebody comes and blows the doors off with an incredible offer, I still want to say no. But at least it's more understandable. But, you know, that to me, and I don't know the ins and outs of it, but it looked to me that that was a sort of... uh, um, It didn't look like it was a club interview by the the nature of uh, his dress and the way it was done. And sure, he wants to play in the Champions League. So would I and so would everybody else. So that's perfectly understandable. But would I sell him to a Champions League club 
for a price that, that doesn't suit Crystal Palace? Absolutely not. And secondly, do I think a Champions League club is going to pay a price that's going to suit Crystal Palace? Not sure they will. James, I'll come to you. Mm. I mean, I, I don't know Wilf. Um, I see him on the pitch. Yep. He, this season, has looked quite a frustrated individual at times. I'm not sure he's had his best season. I think he's had a number of excellent games. Yep, yep. But in terms of consistency, True. I'm not sure he's been yep. at his peak. Do you Would you worry then that if he had that desire to go, but he was priced out of a move, and I understand Adam's point as why would we want him to go? I think it could be catastrophic for us. Do you think that would impact on his performances and on his attitude around the club? <sighs> Wilf, Wilf to me lives and breathes Crystal Palace. You know, I think that's pretty obvious. He, you know, he, he, he had a dream of playing in a, a bigger club, and he went to Manchester United, and we all know what happened there. He ended up at Cardiff. I mean, then he came back to us, and you know, he has, he's not had the best season, but he's he's probably hasn't even been our best player this season. But he's a constant threat, and he proved it on. Sunday, and he proves it against all the big clubs. He can he can pull it out of the bag. I think he'll stay. I don't think he'll go. I think it's a typical media something out of nothing. He got asked, "Would you like to Would you like to play in Champions League?" Yes, I would. Would you like to play with the best players in the world? Yes, I would. Of course, he would. He's a brilliant player. Yes, he does get frustrated. I think he gets frustrated by what you mentioned in part one is about that midfield and not having that creativity to give him the balls and all that. Everything's down to him. It's all down to the ball that invariably goes to him on the left all the time, all the time. It's all down to him. I think he likes that responsibility. I think he likes being a, the biggest fish in the pond. I think if you went enter any... If you're talking Premier League, he's a, I don't think he'll leave this country. So I don't think he'll leave London. So you're talking about Spurs or Arsenal or maybe Chelsea. Now, one of Arsenal or Spurs may not even get in the Champions League. Spurs, I don't, does he need to be at Spurs? They're in the flipping Champions League semi-final this year. Do they, do they need him? Chelsea, I don't know. I don't think he's a Chelsea player. Um, I, I just don't see him. I don't see him going anywhere else. At, at least not, not, not next season. I think he, I think he, he likes having the responsibility. I think he likes having the weight of the Crystal Palace's expectation, the fans on his shoulders. I think, I think he thrives on it. Like all great, great players do, they, they, they like to feel as though they're carrying the team. Ed Malian had wrote an article in the Independent. I don't know if you saw it yesterday. I didn't, and no. he similar thread to the things you both been saying. He wonders who would pay that money, um, bearing in mind that the sums of money that you'd probably need to pay to get Wilf would be your one transfer of the summer hmm. and which club is in that position that would want to make Wilf that, that one signing. Manchester um, United, <laughs> I, ironically, are the ones that probably could. Do you, do you think, though, that, what, he's probably five years older than he was when he went to United, six years older than he was when he went to United, he's now played at the Ivory Coast, so he's obviously travelled. Do you think now that we see a more global, rounded individual who perhaps wouldn't need to stay at home, as we previously suspected? Or, or where do Don't you think? There's, there's a lot of things to consider, isn't there? If you're Wilfred Zaha, you know, you're in a place where you're loved, you're the top dog, you earn lots of money, you live where you want to live. There are many advantages in it. So for it to be different, it would have to be something I think very, very good. And already. You know, that, that story that the interview he did with Adrian Kajumba came out and everybody's... So the next three days, the newspaper is, he's going to Arsenal, he's going to Tottenham, he's going to Paris Saint-Germain. And today the stories are uh, no club can afford Wilfred Zaha and come up with the price that Palace would require. 
And so, you know, Dortmund was, you know, banded around for quite a while a few months ago. And again, I wonder, A, whether they would have the money and B, whether they could pay the salary as well, which, you know, Wilfred's earning a salary that's worthy of a club in the top six. You know, he's paid mm. in that manner. So I, I don't think it's clear cut, but I can't see Palace saying, yeah, OK, we'll take a, a, a low offer or something under his value because, and his value is huge to us. I think greater than any player probably to uh, than to any player at any other club in the Premier League. I think he is so, so important to us. And, you know, I hope he stays. And I've confidence in Steve that the way he's handled the situation with Wilfred over the last few seasons, I'm sure he, he'll know his way around it again. But I'm I'm not sure that those offers will come. And perhaps this was the, you know, perhaps this was the thinking that, this goes out and that will let everyone know that it's possible and all that sort of stuff. But I still think unless somebody pays an absolutely astronomical sum, then I don't think it would be very easy for him to leave. And will somebody pay that astronomical sum, as you said there? What's your view, Tom? Honestly, I think my view, without any real knowledge behind it, you know, is that I think he wants to go. And I think he'll find it difficult to go. Because I think, um, as we've already said, I think we'll struggle to find people who pay the pay the fee. But what I do think, and what I fear, is that the club, you know, has a shortfall of cash, and I think the likelihood is one of Will for AWB will go, and I wonder who that would be. Um, that's well, my, you think that's one my of feeling. Them, you think I, one of them will go. You know, I've got that feeling. What do I know? You know, no, I, no, I've got why, Steve Parrish why, why do you think there's a shortfall of cash? Well, I heard that we were thirty-five million pounds in debt. No, that was the last set of accounts that we lost thirty-five million because of the money that we spent when Sam Allardyce was here on players. Right. But we made profits previous to that, so I don't think there is a, a desperate need for money. Whether they're with the situation with um, the two American owners, and if they do want to sell, as rumoured, perhaps there won't be a, a whole amount of cash to spend this summer. But, um, you know, Roy's managed quite well with what he's been given so far. But if he is, if they are able to support him, perhaps he can take us on a little bit further. But um, I don't, you know, I think we're three years now, so there'll be a resetting of the financial fair play. So I think we'll be able to increase our wage bill uh, within the rules, whether we want to do that or, or even decrease it. Maybe another thing, but uh, I don't think the club's in in a in poor financial health in that respect. So I don't think there's a a desperation. I think if either of those players is sold, I would imagine that uh, that would be invested back into into players. But like I said to you, I, I wouldn't want to take that risk. I would rather have the squad we have, maybe bring one or two in, change one or two, and just try and gently improve because. Whilst you can maintain the services of, I think it would be fair to say, and I don't know if either of you would disagree, mm. that Wilfred, Aaron Wambisaka, Mamadou Sacco would all feature in yeah. my best ever Crystal Palace team. Yeah. And so I think, you know, it's important that we retain those players that are really top and capable and, uh, 
and we look forward and try and build on that rather than try and sort of plug the holes and recreate something else. Okay, just to um, link on to that, it was almost perfect. Uh, got a couple of questions about transfers. Chrissy Boy, 73, Hi, Chrissy Boy. Um, has asked whether we should raid um, one of the relegated sides, Fulham, he names, for players like Mitrovic and Scherler. And uh, Richard Bushell has asked, um, similarly or conversely, which players won't be in the Palace squad next season or do you, do you not expect to be in the Palace squad next season? I think there's only a couple out of contract, isn't there? Julian is out of contract. Pap Suave, I think, is out of contract. The two lone players, AU and uh, Batshuayi. But otherwise, I don't think there'll be probably too many changes. And I think it'll be a fair summer, depending on what budget we have, in just replacing those four players. I mean, as we talked about Van Arnholt, perhaps if there was a very good offer for someone like that who's not been entirely convincing you you could be tempted or maybe Max Meyer if there's a, a good enough offer for somebody like him who's been sort of in and out could, but, could do a swap deal for Barry Bannon <laughs> <laughs> did you see Barry Bannon's goal on, uh, on Monday again? I do think though that what we what we didn't do this season we didn't replace Loftus-Cheek and we didn't replace Kabai you know and I think what we're talking about you mentioning earlier about Sells you about the forwards, and you know, and Tom was talking about it comes from the midfield. I, th- I think that's the area we need to really look at if we're going to bring players in this summer, which we will do. I think it's it's just that midfield. I think you know, you look at the teams in the Premier League, the ones that have got that little bit edge about them are the ones who've got that little bit of creativity in the midfield, the ones that can split that, get that pass that splits the defence open. And we've 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 got the will from the Andros, and whether it be Benteke or Batshuayi up front, I just think you just need, need somebody in the middle of the park. We all thought it was going to be Max Meyer. Hasn't really worked out like that. He's not been given a great run of games, but you know, so he's had his chance, and I just don't think we've got some real great workers in the midfield. We've got people who can break the game up, and but we haven't got somebody who can just like do it on a. We we haven't got an Ericsson, for example. You know, that's just the type of player. There's not many Ericssons. Well, I, I know there's that's not many Ericssons around, but that's the type of player. You know, we need an Ericsson light. Well, like <laughs> you say, Mark Meyer was supposed to be. Yeah, this, Meyer was supposed to do that, and and you know, you can see his quality, and he's got talent, and. You know, some of his link-up play with Wilfred a couple of times in recent games have been very good. But he hasn't shown on a consistent basis an ability to sort of get hold of the game and dictate the game in perhaps the way that people would have expected or certainly would like to see him do. Um, I don't know. what. So you what know, In terms of our midfield personnel, I mean, Tom, you asked the question, what do you think in terms of where are you with that? I mean, I like Kiyate and Luco as a pair to give us that size and presence in there. And then, you know, obviously it's been kind of MacArthur, Schlupp, mm. Meyer that have that have mm. had the opportunities around that. But Kiyate, perhaps, you know, if the you know one thing I would say is that I'm a fan and perhaps think he probably should have played more yeah, than I he agree. has. I, agree. I, th- I think a opinion. club of our size, if you've got Luca and Kiate in the middle of the park, I don't think that's bad. But no, I, bad. I think, as you've just said, it's the third player, I think. It's it's the, the third, or, yeah. You know, the one who'd likely play in front of those two that I'd probably be looking to mm. invest somewhere. Because I think MacArthur's done the job, you know, full well. I've never been a massive fan of his. I think he had a bit of a renaissance last year, um, towards the end of last year, and played very well. But my fear is that he's become a little bit one-paced. Um, I, I do think we need someone 
to play in that role behind what you term as either the solo striker or the front two. Yeah, I agree. So, Ad, to ask you this question before mm-hmm. we move on from transfers, what yeah. would your strategy be? Marquee signings or, or no. raid the championship? Raid the championship, I think. You know, I, I, I think we're going to have to certainly look for value. And that's what we've always done very, very well as a club. And, you know, I was absolutely behind Steve with Benteke and behind him with Saka, Saka I yeah, think. I agree. Both of them were needed to to, to cement our, our Premier League status and so on. You know, in Benteke's first season, he scored, I don't know, 17 or 18 goals or whatever it was that made a, you know, that was, and I, I remember saying, you know, that's like an insurance to ensure that you stay in the league. But I think I think we probably need to take a chance on, on a few players who perhaps aren't proven at the top level and there's certainly quite a lot in terms of the championship that catch my eye you know Dan James Reese James from Chelsea who's been on loan with Wigan has been very good um, you know I think Swansea Dan James I was talking about McBurney and uh, Byers also look very good players there I think you know this these might be the sort of areas you know Brentford I think Dougie's got a bit of an interesting Conza the central defender um you know, Mulpay's done well there, Watkins, Sawyers. There's some good players there. Um, and I do think that's probably our way and our right way. Mm. And every so often throwing in a, a marquee signing where we need a big player in a big position. But I'm sure there's a lot of talent in the championship that won't all work out. Mm. That, will, that, that will have to accept because it is yeah. a, a big jump. But we've seen people like David Brooks do it. I quite like... Yeah. Um, well, Madison did it as well, didn't he? Madison too, yeah. And uh, I quite like Shea Adams at Birmingham. He's a bit Troy Deeney-esque mm. and I think he could suit us a little bit in the way we do things. Um, but it just depends, like you say, on the budget. But I'd, I'd, I'd be happy to see, you know, two or three players come from the championship if we manage to retain the squad and maybe... Ch- I think there's a good chance Batch White could be loaned again next season. I think Chelsea... I've got their embargo, so they're bringing Pulisic in as well. So are they going to find room for him? Is he going to be available for loan? AU, I'm not so sure. I know he's not been hugely popular with the Palace fans, but not, uh, not, not, not. if it's the, the money's not too bad or too heavy, probably not the worst player to have in your squad either. Yeah. James, just because I know you're worrying, there's just one more question before <laughs> no, part I'm three. I'm not worrying, I'm not worrying. <laughs> Sorry. No, mate, I apologise, Tom. No, oh, no, no need for the apology. Okay. Um, Andy Watkinson asks, Hello, this is for you, James, um, yeah. is Roy's desk going to collapse under the letters of apology from Palace fans who claimed he was outdated and too old? <laughs> no, because most football fans... Uh, forget what they said last week, don't they? <laughs> as as the most football players. So well let me ask you um, this question, and this is from recently, from, um, from Nick Langley: Is Roy the best manager we've had since Steve Koppel? <laughs> um, oh God! Um, well, he's certainly got bounce back ability, hasn't he? That was Ian Dowie, wasn't it? Oh, no, oh, God, exactly. Um, is he the best manager we've had? He saved us from relegation, didn't he? Uh, he's kept us up there. He's yeah, he's he's. A palace boy, isn't he? Yeah. He's a palace boy. He's palace born and bred. Um, I think there's always going to be people... Who, look, I, there's that thing. I think maybe you said it on a, a few pods yourself. No manager is... is Every manager, sorry, is six games away from being sacked. 
every manager, whether you're Pep Guardiola or you're Roy Hodgson or you're whoever you are. And I just think, you know, if you're, you're six years is he the best manager you've had since Steve Koppel? Um, maybe. Do you know, know, for me, I think he's the one manager who've had for a while who's been allowed to bed in and get his personality on the team because I liked Allardyce but he was here for such a short period of time. Yeah, he was good, Sam. I yeah, he was excellent. Really well. You know, I yeah. thought the football under Allardyce was decent yeah, was but he was, wasn't was, here long enough no. for us to, uh, for him to actually integrate fully into the club. You mm. know, whereas Roy's been here a couple of years now, as you say, he's a local, local man and, you know, his personality is now on the team and that is the end of part two. I think, uh, yeah, I, I think, <laughs> oh yeah, okay, I'll show that. <laughs> Hello, welcome back to part three. You may have noticed the transitions between parts haven't been very smooth this week. I will be working on them at home. Um, <laughs> I think you've not done too bad so far, Keith. I think you're, you're, doing, you're not doing bad. You're doing can very I, well, I'm just going to do an advert here yeah, for a second if you can um, have a listen. Uh, I've been editing five-year plan fanzine for the last two issues. The first one came out in February. The second one um, came out for the Man City game. Mm-hmm. And we've got about 100 copies left. And... They are going to be on sale before the Everton game. I'm going to be standing at the bottom of uh, Holmesdale Road by the gate down there, the gate leading towards the main stand. I'd love you to buy it. And what I wanted to say is that I want the fanzine to be reflective of you as a listener, as a fan. If you have any um, constructive criticism, then please, my email address is on page three. Contact me if you'd like to write in and write anything for the fanzine, then please feel free to do that as well. But I'd love you to buy it. I'm proud of it. I think it's good. And I'd love to hear what you think. And that leads us on. beautiful, that was. I like the use of the word constructive there. That was very I good. I didn't say constructive. Yes. That doesn't mean abuse. <laughs> you can abuse me, but use Jesse Boyce's email address <laughs> if you can do that. Brilliant artwork. Brilliant artwork. Yeah, brilliant artwork. Artwork's amazing. Yeah. Amazing artwork. Um, so and he looked like Daniel Farker as well, by the way. Jesse, yeah, yeah, he does. So we've got 10 minutes left and we've got a choice. We can either talk about Everton or I do have a copy of the fanzine. I could read you one of the articles. Um, but I'd rather you buy it. So let's ask about Everton. Just throw money at Tom, basically. <laughs> That's all he's saying. And doesn't go to me. Even if doesn't you want it or me. not. Doesn't go to me. Uh, I was going to ask about Everton. They had a fantastic win on Sunday, yeah. beating Man United 4-0. And they've had some great wins lately. Yeah. And a uh, couple of questions. How would we line up? And do you think we'll get a rare home victory now the pressure's off, but does that discount the improvement that Evans made? Well, that's a lot of questions. Uh, <laughs> we haven't got a lot of time. I was going to say, you're piling them up there. Yeah, hang on. Which one was the first well, one? I can't remember. I'm going to backtrack. backtrack. Uh, you know, How would you line up? For you? Uh, I, I don't think you'll change at all since um, since the game on Sunday. Why change your winning formula? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think he will keep the same the same starting lineup as we had on Sunday. And, and I think we're going there with a lot of confidence. We're safe. We've got 42 points. Uh, I think that all the players will have in the back of their mind that it's not been a great season at home. Yeah. Uh, they've got two games to rectify that. And I I think they'll go out and they'll want to ent- entertain us and play some great football. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the game. Uh, there's the, there's no pressure. Well, I said there's no pressure. There is pressure. You're a footballer. You tell me any football that goes out there and just goes, oh, f*** it, I don't care. Sorry, whatever. I don't care. Yeah, of course they care. Well... <laughs> I, I still don't, you know. Steady. Uh, your lawyers will be watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's you know, I I think it'll be an entertaining game. I think they've done really well. You know, the last few games as well. Yeah. I think it'll be it'll be a great game. I, I always I always always enjoy watching Everton. Yeah. You know, I've, I've always enjoyed watching. I think they're a good team. Um, and I think after our result on Sunday, we'll be 
buoyant and full of life. And, you know, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking for, and, and I don't think we'll change the lineup at all. I think it was just exactly as it was on Sunday. So, they're, they're far from the finished article if you consider the fact they went to Fulham and lost. I was going to say, recently. Depends which Everton turn up, doesn't yeah, it, really? Well, yeah. Yeah. Let's hope the one that went to Fulham turns up and they don't like London very much, you know. We've not done well at home to Everton since we've been back. I don't no. think we've beaten them, have we, at Selhurst? We, we have up there, haven't we? A few yeah, times. we won the, not, first, yeah. won the first two games up there 3-2, I think, and then yeah. Cutler won all draws, and then we had a 3-1 and a 2-0 defeat, I think. But the last, I think we drew 0-0 the first year, and we drew 0-0 on a Wednesday Cutler night one-nil, game. 1-0 defeats, I remember. And then we had 1-0 Seamus Coleman. I'm trying to think the other games that, uh, that <laughs> were there. Memory, but, man. but no, I don't... We didn't. I don't think we've won anyway, and I don't think actually until last season the two-two we'd scored a goal against them in oh, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. in the four right. games Could before because I I remember talking about that with somebody who was an Everton fan beforehand, just hoping that um, yeah the Fulham version turns up. We're in good form. I don't know that he'll change anything as Ender said. Perhaps he might consider Townsend for Meyer if it's a home game. We might be a little bit more expansive in that respect um i'm you know it'd be great when we've got 42 points can we get seven points out of the last three games and have our best ever uh premier league finish if we can take something from the game on saturday then i think the last two are certainly ones we can look Mm. at winning and you know it would set us up nicely i mean we finished with a flourish last year didn't we and i hope that we can we can do the same I, I, I did, sorry just to interrupt, but I heard that the home game against Cardiff were playing the under-12s. <laughs> yeah. I, didn't, so, I don't know if you heard that rumour. Don't get me into trouble talking about Brighton getting relegated <laughs> and stuff. Because my, my, the... I wasn't the talking hate, about it. I was the, talking the, about uh, I was playing the under-12s the against hateful Cardiff. Messages are I never mentioned rolling, Brighton. Unfortunately. I never mm. mentioned Brighton. What are you on about? Yeah. They lost yeah, last sorry. night. I, I, but, think, I think that's whom you were referring to. Oh, really? No. But what you mentioned... I mean, you get greedy, don't you? But we've beaten Arsenal. You look at Everton at home, difficult, but mm. winnable. Yes. You know, Cardiff away, you'd like to think you'd win that. We're one of the things we talk about... All at home, 51 all points. Absolutely. All the things brilliant. we talk about in this part is the lack of goals. So we lack mm. goals and we scored 14 at home. Yeah. You know, we've, we, we've, I think we're the only team who've scored three at uh, Anfield, the Emirates and... Um, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, and the, the Etihad, yeah. So you know, we we can score goals, and I think for me, I think the players will be very, very conscious of that, mm. and I think they'll go out there wanting to, not just entertain, but to score some goals. And I, and I, I, I really think we'll we'll see a few goals on Saturday. You look back to the end of last season; the sun was shining, we mm. played ever so well. It would be lovely to finish the season. That's like that. it. And those last three home games, I think Brighton, the first half, we were exceptionally good. Yeah. Leicester, I think, is the best we've played since we've been in the Premier League against mm. anybody, beating them five. Yeah, yeah. And West, West Brom, Brom, we're also very, very good. So, you know, I hope that the pressure's off a little bit in the sense in that we're mathematically safe. And what a great place to go and get mathematically safe, beating Arsenal at the Emirates. Yeah. But, you know, I, I hope that, that the foot doesn't come off the, off the pedal and that we are, you know, foot down... Full gas and uh, and going for those last mm. three wins. Just to finish, I mean, we've talked earlier about possibility of Wilf going, possibly AWB, but it does send a message to the squad if you're finishing on four wins and you're finishing on fifty-one points that things aren't bad at the club. No, that's great. Know, well, we, and, and we're moving forward. Well, Tom, that's been a difficulty for me 
a lot of the time this season I've had a lot of stick for trying to sort of keep a rational view on a lot of this stuff. Football, you know, the margins are very fine in the games and, you know, on Sunday we win, they make mistakes, we win. It's not only about what we do, it's about what the opposition do as well. And it, it's tough. This league is tough. So any point is is hard fought and hard won, you know. And I think we must keep perspective. Like I said to you, I think if we had more goals, I know that's a pretty straightforward thing to say with any team, but defensively we're pretty sound. You know, we've, we're very good. Yeah. We're well organised. If we have that, if we have a striker or one of the ones we've got that hits the net a bit more regularly, then I think the seven, eight type place finish where people think we should be is achievable. But I do think also, you know, there's some very strong squads in our group: Leicester, West Ham, mm. Watford, Bournemouth, um, Everton. You know, if we're talking about the clubs that are Wolves that are in this group, mm. there's not a massive. No difference uh, in the levels between all of the teams. I mean, if we finish above West Ham, for instance, they spent a hell of a lot of money last summer. They sold us Czech Kiyato who they didn't want, you know. So I think we'll have done exceptionally well. You know, I think, James, 51 points, if we finish with that. That'd be amazing. That's about... The maximum yeah. we could have expected to start. Oh, oh, absolutely! If, if you'd yeah. Have, yeah, if you said that at the beginning of the season, you'd have you'd have said absolutely you'd have taken that. Yeah, you know, I think you'd have taken the fact of being safe three games before the end of the season as well. When you're mathematically safe, you know, I, you know, I, I, I know it's not a season roundup, but I think you know most Palace fans should be pleased with the season. Yes, there's always going to be complaints about the home form, and that argument will rumble on. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. But I think in general, looking at the season as a whole, I'm sure. Come on, we've got to be positive about it. It's been great. It's been a great season. I love your stuff. positivity. Andrews. You've got to be positive, haven't you, man? You can be with me any time. You and you're <laughs> like that, you know. Well, so, I hope you've enjoyed the pod. Jimmy, you'll be back next week. Tom, Enders. well done. Thank you've done you, a top job. I That's think you've you, stood in and done very well, even if I didn't understand your point about no. the... Yeah, I, I, <laughs> the worst I, I, thing is, but, I know he's going to re-listen to that, and then he'll send me a long yeah. text or something <laughs> like that. As if so, I do anything I, like I'm that. I'm going to mute my phone in a minute. You don't answer me anyway, to be fair. Don't even go there. Well done, Tom. Anyway, we think you've done a great job. I'm sure he's uh, proved an able able deputy. Yes, and amiable, and amiable, and and amiable. Yeah, Yeah. James. Cheers, mate. Thank you, mate. See you. See you soon. Hopefully. Over now. Podcast Network.